Father God, we thank you that your word is such a rich resource to us, that in your word we are equipped for every good work, that according to your word in Ephesians 2.10, you actually have prepared your works for us to do, and your spirit brings forth the fruit of your nature in us in order to accomplish these works, these works of yours done by your spirit in us. We pray, Lord, that patience would be seeded in us as we read your word today. We pay, pray, Lord, that anything that is um, opposing to patience, anything that runs contrary to its type and its purpose would be weeded out of us today and in the, this year ahead, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that patience, which is sown in us, would be grown in us by your spirit, by your word, for your purposes, in us as people, individually and communally, so that it could produce its perfect work at everything that you desire to do in and through us. For your name's sake and your glory, amen. There's a variety of verses that I look at as signal verses or theme verses for this year of patience, and James 1.4 is one of them. So you'll hear me reference it many times in the year ahead by God's grace. Let patience produce its perfect work in you. I'm going to come back to that and, and repeat that idea as the year progresses so that you and I can be checking in on ourselves. Where are we at? Well, guess what I've found? I found that I dropped some Band-Aids out of my pocket for one thing, if you wondered what that was. I don't know when that came out, but somewhere along the way. Uh, I have found that as I've been focusing on patience in this, even just in this last week, uh, focusing on it in prayer, focusing on it in study, I seem to be demonstrating less of it. <laughs> I've had some real lack of patience moments in the last week, and I'm not just being humble. You can ask my wife and kids, and they can say, yeah, he's really lost his patience a few times here. And I've really kind of groaned to myself and to the Lord about that because I thought, Lord, I'm, I'm trying to focus on more patience, not less. What's happening here? Maybe what happens when we start to focus on the characteristics of Christ that we are uh, most uh, centered on in a given period of time or that he is most focused on for us in a given period of time, it may be that we actually feel like we are weaker in that area, not so much because we are weaker, but because we are more aware. Do you get what I'm saying? In other words, it's probably not that I've become less patient as I've been praying and thinking about patience. It's probably that I've become more aware of my impatience. And that's actually part of the value. Part of the reason why we have a focus from the Lord each year, part of the reason why we read and study the word about these aspects is because it is easy to think of yourself as kind of having it all together when you don't look too closely. You think, oh, I'm a relatively patient person. But when you put the microscope spiritually on patience in you, and maybe that's what we find we need, a microscope, where is it? It's somewhere at the uh, subatomic level. It, it's a lot smaller than we think of it because when we start to focus in on it, we find that we are more challenged in it. 
I'm saying that in part so that you can be aware. Don't expect in a year of patience for patience to just necessarily blossom out of you in this sort of lush cornucopia of grace and graciousness that just effortly flows out of your heart. Actually, what I would say is, while we focus on patience, if you are really focusing on it in your prayer and in your study, chances are you're going to find there's less patience in you than you might have thought there was. There's more of a need for patience. Now, that is the other reality. It may be also that God brings certain trials or tests or even temptations I don't mean to say that God is ever the tempter, but he may allow temptations to test us, or he may allow trials to test us, because he knows that he won't let anything break us, but there are things that can bless us in strange and unexpected ways. In fact, when we look in the book of James at patience in that first chapter, and maturity is being described, It's being described in a way that not only James talks about it, but many of the biblical authors uh, talk about this process, where trials and hard times produce good results. Nobody necessarily likes the trials, but they do bring about an opportunity for great strength, growth, maturity. Humility. In Ecclesiastes, which is the single Old Testament scripture that I'm going to reference in, uh, well, not necessarily in the whole message, but in these five that we're going to be looking at. But on the back of your bulletin, there's another Old Testament scripture that you'll be hearing uh, in repeated ways in the weeks ahead, Habakkuk 2.2. The vision is yet for the appointed time. It hurries towards its purposed end, and it will be fulfilled. I feel like this is a word for you and I in this season. There are people, and we may be among them, who are just feeling tired of trying to hold on for the good things of God to be revealed in our world. Maybe there's people that you're praying for, like Sister Celeste was talking about. Somebody prayed with her and for her. Maybe you're praying for someone to come to the Lord or to come back to the Lord, and you're growing weary and worried because you don't see it happening. Maybe you've been praying for years for a a child or a, a sibling or a spouse or a parent or a neighbor or a coworker, and it's just wearying you, and the enemy pounces on that and wants to make you think there's no point in continuing. But Habakkuk says, when the, when the Lord gives a vision, that vision will come to pass. When the Lord makes a promise, that promise will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, Habakkuk says by the Spirit, wait patiently. In other words, wait as I described it last week, even as we sang it today, wait upon the Lord in the way that receives strength. Isaiah 40, 31 is another passage that you'll be hearing and is a key theme for our year of patience. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They're going to mount up on wings like eagles, run and not grow weary, walk and not faint, pray and not stop praying. And so in the weeks ahead, we'll be talking more about specific aspects of patience in these areas of prayer, of love, of prophecy. But today we're looking at the purpose of patience and the purpose of patience that God has said, it will come about in you if you will wait upon me patiently, I will instill it in you, is maturity and humility and purity as well as Here's the collective element, 
unity. Patience actually prospers relationship. It's not just the sole person that benefits from patience. In fact, any deep and meaningful relationship demands patience. You're not going to have a good marriage without patience. You're not going to be a good parent without patience. You're not going to be a good employee. You're not going to be a good manager. You're not going to be a good business owner without patience. So in relationships, in organizations, and yes, rest assured, in the body of Christ, patience is essential for unity and community and finally for witness. We want to have that good answer, that good apologetic of the fundamentals of faith, then let this fundamental be seen in you, the patience of Christ. You've heard the patience of Job described. We're going to do a series later this year, God willing, on people of patience. Job is one of the people that we will look at in that sermon series. But there are so many people in the scriptures who demonstrate patience for us and show us what it's like to trust the Lord and to hold on to what he said even through very trying times. And in doing that, it makes a witness to the world. It gives a powerful testimony of the truth of Jesus Christ. The truth of Jesus, the purpose of Jesus, is that you and I would grow up into the good things of God that God has intended for us. And in that process, God allows us to experience challenges. Consider it all joy, my brethren, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials, or the word can be rendered temptations, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Will you say that phrase? The testing of your faith produces patience. The word for patience there in the Greek could also be translated endurance, steadfastness. In other words, that's patience. See what a virtue that is? Do you want to be able to endure? Do you want the strength to keep going on? That's patience. You want patience. And if you are lacking in that, then it's good that by focusing on it, we would become aware that we need more of it. And that's why sometimes the way that the Lord makes us aware of that is to allow the challenges that reveal the need, the need for endurance, the need to hold steady and to keep on holding fast, the need for patience, because patience has a purpose, that it would produce its perfect work or its perfecting result, that it would produce in you and in me a kind of perfect maturity, that we would be complete, lacking in nothing. Patience brings provision. It brings provision of the Spirit to us. It brings the nature and the nurture of Christ into us. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit. Some years ago, during our year of fruitfulness, I did that sermon series on the fruit of the Spirit. Even if you weren't part of the congregation at that time or don't recall that sermon series you've probably read in Galatians 5 where the fruit of the Spirit are described. It's a singular term in that passage and it begins with love. I have often said and it's my contention that all of the fruit of the Spirit is love. Love manifest in a variety of ways and one of the ways that love is manifest is as patience. 
Love is patient and kind. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 tells us, and that will be the theme of Pastor Hinge's sermon next week on the patience of love. So more on that in the week to come. But suffice it to say, these characteristics of Christ that are described as the fruit of the Spirit, which are all expressions of love, are also practical manifestations of love, and patience is among those. So patience brings about the maturing effect of God's love in our lives, in our character, and in a way that reaches out to others. It's a way in which God equips us with mature faith, endowed by His Spirit, and grows us in that so that we can be mature, complete, lacking nothing. Sounds good to me, amen? In Hebrews chapter 6, we are told, or we are encouraged by the author of Hebrews, writing by the inspiration of the Spirit, that each of us should have this kind of endurance, this kind of steadfastness, this diligence to the very end. That's patience. Holding on to the end. Running the race all the way past the finish line. Have you ever seen one of those videos where someone is getting close to the end of the finish line and they start to celebrate before they crossed it and then somebody comes up behind from the rear and crosses the line over them, ahead of them? The person that was celebrating lacked the patience to actually persevere to the victory. They ended up losing the race because they didn't continue all the way to the end. Or at least they didn't continue at that concentrated pace. You and I, we don't want to get close to the good maturity that God has in store for us and then give up. We want to enter into all that God has in store for us so that your hope may be fully realized. So don't become lazy, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Patience is the package by which you inherit the promise. The promise can't be inherited without patience. The child of promise wasn't born to Abraham and Sarah because they lacked patience, but instead, because they had patience, they waited upon the Lord and the Lord fulfilled his word. The advent that we just celebrated as we anticipated the arrival of Jesus and the celebration of Christmas reminds us that the promise that a Savior would come is a promise that people had to wait for. And now you and I today, we live in the time where we await the return of that King. And yet that promise also will be fulfilled. Inherit that promise through the patience that God gives to you and I by His Spirit and in his word. Patience produces maturity. Will you say that? Patience. patience produces maturity, and maturity inherits the promises of God. Patience is also a provision for humility. Patience enhances and establishes our humility. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 8, the preacher, probably Solomon, says finishing is better than starting. Maybe he has that finish line of the race in mind. A lot of people start the marathon, but not everybody finishes it. It's better to finish it than just to start it. And patience is the steadfast perseverance that allows you to cross the finish line. Not the pride that celebrates a victory before it's there. Not the pride that says it's all about me and I can do it in myself. But the patience that says instead I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me with patience to cross the finish line but with humility 
to do so in a way that demonstrates the character of Christ. So patience prepares us to sustain to the finish line, and it also positions us to do so in the attitude of Christ, who was not proud and is not proud, but instead exhibits perfect humility. Patience and humility go hand in hand, and both of them reflect the nature of Christ. Patience sustains us in humble perseverance. Will you say that? Patience sustains us in humble perseverance. Number three, patience leads us in the pure path of the Lord. In fact, purity from God is only available to us, is only available to us because God has been patient with us. How patient has God been with you? You think about that last year that we just had. How many times did God exhibit patience with you? How about over the whole course of your life, the track of your life? I don't know how many times you've tried God's patience, but I must have tried God's patience more than you because I just don't know anybody that's tried God's patience more than I have. As as hard-headed and hard-hearted as I can be in my fleshly nature, I've really tried God's patience. But what I have found is that God's patience has not given up on me. Now, I don't recommend and don't encourage you to try God's patience. I just know that you're not different from me in that. God has been patient with you just like he's been patient with me. And don't you see how wonderfully kind and tolerant and patient he is? Does that mean nothing to you? Should we count that as nothing? Should we just presume upon that and yet not see it reflected in us? Don't just be glad that God is patient with you. Recognize the purpose of his patience. The reason for his patience is because of his love. Love is patient. Love is kind. And 1 John 4, 8 tells us God is love. And because God so loved the world, he gave his only son for us so that whoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In other words, God is patient so that you and I could be pure, so that we would repent of our sin. Fasting is a wonderful time and a recognized way to repent before the Lord. Are there things that need to be cleared out of your soul? You clear out your car, you clear out your house, you clean out the filter in your car or the filter in your water pitcher or the filter in your coffee maker. How about the filter in your heart? How about your spirit? It's time to return to the Lord with your whole heart and don't hold anything back. Hazel and I noticed that the last page of our calendar from December is the same verse as the first page of our calendar from January. Two different calendars, one verse. And it's the Lord in Isaiah saying, come now, let's reason together. Though your sins be like scarlet, I'll make them white as snow. I thought, are you trying to say something to me, Lord? (laughs) He is. He's saying, I see your sin and I want you to see it too. But I want to do something about it. We come to this table and we come to it in just a few moments because here sin red as scarlet is purged and made pure or we are purged and made pure by that blood into something white and pure as the driven snow. 
God's patience is intended to turn you from sin. Now, if we're going to be someone like that precious person that prayed with Sister Celeste, if we're going to be someone who wins souls for the Lord, if we're going to be someone who helps other people to know the forgiveness of Christ, then we need to be patient with their sins. And when they have wrongs against us, we need to patiently forgive those wrongs the way the Lord has forgiven us and show patient love the way that the Lord has loved us. Patience reflects the nature of God. Patience can help turn us away from sin and also lean us into God's grace. Patience focuses us on the person and the purpose of Jesus. Away from sin, into repentance, and into renewal of purity of heart, of purity of prayer, of purity of faith and of unity of God's people. Colossians 3, Paul writes to the church and says, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself in these characteristics of Christ with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness, with patience. Whereas in Galatians, Paul describes this as through the metaphor of the fruit of the Spirit. Here he's also describing it as the wardrobe of the Lord the armor of God. These are the raiments of God's finery. These are the powerful elements of spiritual protection that the Lord gives us. Patience is a shield around you. Patience is a, is a uniform of peace that clothes you in the dignity and the security of the Lord. And that kind of patience needs to be visible to others. You don't go out of your house without wearing your clothes. Don't go out without wearing patience. You're never fully dressed without patience. Don't let yourself be naked. In Revelation, Jesus said, let me clothe you. And what he will clothe you in is, among other things, patience. Bear with each other. Forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, I like how he says, if. <laughs> it's not if, but when. When someone at PCF hurts your feelings, maybe it's me. Bear with me. And forgive me. And if you have done something to hurt me, I want to bear with and forgive you. Doesn't mean that we should be callous about that. In fact, it's exactly the opposite. We should be careful to be concerned about one another. But we also need to recognize there are times and ways in which people hurt each other or offend each other. In your marriage, in your home, with your kids, with your colleagues, be patient. Forgive just like the Lord forgives you. Put on love, which binds all of these things together and all of these people together in perfect unity and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace. You can't have peace without patience. Patience is a prerequisite of peace. And be thankful. Be grateful. Patience brings peace and thanksgiving gratitude, real joy. So patience is pivotal for community as God's people. That's what Paul says. It reflects real love. He says that not only here in Colossians, but also in 1 Corinthians 13. 
And patience yields to the peace of Christ. In other words, it opens the door for God's peace. Are you lacking peace in your life? Maybe you're lacking patience. Maybe if you would receive more patience from God, you would experience more peace from God. Maybe if you would receive more patience from God, you would experience better relationships with others. Maybe if you would receive more patience from God, you would believe more fervently the promises of God and pray more powerfully the prophecies of God. Amen? So let peace and joy be in you through patience and let this unity of love and peace be fostered in our midst through patience and forgiveness. And finally, number five, the concluding point, testimony. In 1 Timothy, Paul is writing to his protege. We uh, discussed that relationship last week in the message. And Paul here says, God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. That's, that's one of the reasons why I come up here and say to you, you know, I lack patience, but maybe God has me in the pulpit today, not because I have so much patience, but because I have a need for so much more patience. And so you can look at me and be encouraged that it's to me, and he can, and he's working on me, then he can do it in you, and he's working in you too. And then others will realize as they see me and you growing in patience and they see the patience of God exhibited to us and our uh, witness about that, that they too can believe in him and he will be patient with them, has been and will be. So God has shown us patience and in us, his patience produces that characteristic and when other people see our patience, they're really seeing God's. It's God's work. That's what Ephesians 2 says. But patience is producing it maturely in us because the seed came from God, but the fruit is born in us. And the tree doesn't eat its own fruit. The tree gives the fruit away. Let your patience be given away to others so that others would be drawn to Christ to taste and see. That is good. And then you can say, that is God. That comes from God. Yeah. Others will come closer to God when they see his love and patience at work in us. If it's a struggle, then let people see the struggle so that they know that when they struggle, they're not alone. But count it all joy if there's a struggle, because God has a purpose. And his purpose is that you would have patience, and that your patience would be a prophecy to the world, a revelation of the reality of the witness of Christ. In the book of Revelation, talk about finish lines. Things get harder and harder and harder, so hard that no one would be able to sustain unless God, by his patience, gave people the power to, to make it to the end. But not everybody crosses the finish line and not everybody enters into the kingdom. So don't miss the open door that is opened by and in patience. The dragon, the enemy of old, the serpent, which is Satan, was enraged when there were people, even at the end of the age, who continued to hold fast to God, though so many had turned away. And so he went off to wage war against those who keep God's commands. Remember what we saw last week. Don't be surprised when you face persecution. 
Count it all joy and recognize the dragon is going to wage war against you. It's not flesh and blood. It's a spiritual enemy who's going to wage war against you as long as you keep concerned about God's commands and hold fast to what he wants you to do and to be, to hold fast to the witness of patience and the revelation of love that is in you. But we are told that these who hold fast to the Lord are held fast by him and they triumphed over the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. In other words, the seed that was sown into them and the fruit that was grown out of them. Here in this plate is seed of life. I'm gonna conclude this message, but as I come to my final slides, I'm gonna ask that those who are serving for us would come and take the platters to prepare because the final points really correspond with the reality that this is a cup of witness. Amen. That here, the patience of Christ is revealed. He went all the way to the cross for you and I, patiently enduring that suffering and the shame that came with it, though he deserved it not, because he knew that the triumph was by his blood and through the word of his witness. And he is the one who says to you and I, you are my witnesses. Don't love your life so much as to shrink from death. You cannot possibly have that attitude in you that was in Christ. A willingness to carry your own cross. A willingness to go all the way, even if the cost is as great as your life, without patience. Patience that perceives beyond this life, beyond this world. This cup of witness is a promise. There is life everlasting to those who will patiently believe that every time we drink of it and every time we eat of this bread, we are reminded of the good news of God, that our sins are forgiven in Christ and that our lives are eternal in Christ and that the purpose of our life is to share that truth with others. Our patience will reveal God's truth to the world. The purpose of patience is to produce individual maturity in each one of us. Purposeful perseverance to keep going no matter what the obstacle. Spiritual purity to be cleansed and freed from bondage of sin. Communal integrity to be connected with one another, not just as a church out of obligation, but as a family of faith in love with the Lord and with love for one another and with love for the world that cannot simply watch people go to hell, but calls people to come into the light and into the life and into the love of the Lord. Here is his love. Here is his truth. Here is his patient promise to you. At home, you can take those elements that you have prepared. Here in the sanctuary, as is our practice, we ask that each one would wait until all have been served. So simply receive the cup and the bread that are packaged together. And once all have received, we will partake together. By the way, everyone is welcome at the table of the Lord. 
when it is presented here at PCF. We make no restriction as to who can receive communion. We just ask this, that you would receive it earnestly, honestly, soberly. In other words, this is more than just a symbolic act. It is a spiritual transaction, a, a, a spiritual event by which you and I mysteriously but, but truly encounter the Lord afresh and anew. Or maybe if it's your first time or first time in a long time partaking of communion, you really receive the body of Christ in this bread. You really receive the blood of Jesus in this juice. You really receive the forgiveness of sin, which can produce healing in the body, soundness of mind, and liberty from captivity to the bondages of sin and temptation. You can receive encouragement. You can receive faith from the Lord as you receive this cup. And you can be seated with patience as you eat the bread of heaven. Take your bread and hold it before you. Lord, we thank you for your body, which was given for us on the cross. We thank you that you were willing to patiently endure beatings and unjust trials and unjust verdicts. The spitting and sneering and shaming and beard pulling and whipping that you received. The mocking, a crown of thorns while your clothes were ripped for, from you. That you patiently carried your cross to Calvary. That you patiently allowed yourself stripped naked to be put on display by the roadside. That you patiently poured out every ounce of your blood as your body was pierced for us because of your love for us and your patient faith in the Father. As we receive this broken bread, we receive the promise of wholeness in our body and unity in your body, in your name. Now, Lord, this precious cup. On the night that he was betrayed, the Lord took the cup and thanked the Father for it and said, this cup is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. He could very well have quoted that passage from Isaiah that I mentioned earlier. Though your sins are as red as the scarlet of blood or the juice in this cup, they will be as white as the snows of January, clean as clean wool, when it is washed in this purifying blood of Jesus. Whatever sins, whatever struggles, whatever sorrows, Whatever uncertainties you and I may have today, let them be washed away in this cup as we come with repentant hearts and faithful belief in the promise of the Lord that in the blood of Christ there is forgiveness. Lord, we receive your, your love and your blood. Amen. And as you receive that, Receive patience. There are so many things that are going to try the souls of men and women in the days ahead. But those souls 
that have been sown securely with patience and are patiently, persistently seeking the Lord to grow in it, those souls will be strong and steadfast in the Lord. And that is my blessing for you today and this week. That the character of Christ, the love of the Lord, and the power of his patience would be imparted and implanted to and in you for his purpose and his glory. In Jesus' name.